Well, one of the fastest ways I know to misunderstand somebody is to assume that you know exactly what they mean when they say something. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> fastest way to understand misunderstand somebody is to suppose that you know the definition of every word they use. Unfortunately, words hold different meanings in different times and different places. And they're pronounced differently. You're not quite sure what I mean. You haven't traveled very far, even in the United States. I went south of the Ohio River. I've lived south of the Ohio River, folks. I went south of the Ohio River a few years ago, and I could have sworn I was in a different country. After about the sixth time of asking them to say something, I found realized they wanted to know if I wanted a bag to put my chips and pop in at the convenience store. I, I, I also remember the first time I heard a youper. I was in, I was in Wisconsin. They came into a into a, a, a grocery store where we, in, you know, the kids called it the stinky store. That's a whole other story. Uh, and, and I was, again, I was thinking, this person must be from a different country until all of a sudden I realized if you drop out all the A's and the does, A dares and the all of a sudden there's English in there. You just have to, drop out all the weird punctuation in there. It's real easy to misunderstand things when you misunderstand the definitions and assume that we know them. The records of Jesus' life and ministry use ancient words from his Jewish heritage. And uh, we've, unfortunately, or well, okay, over the last 2,000 years, we've defined them. And sometimes we've defined them fairly well, and sometimes we've, uh, uh, we've come to make them say things that, well, Jesus didn't mean them to say. Not that I have to say this carefully because I've been watching, I've, I've I, I live, watched the people debate this stuff. It's always fun to go on and watch debates online debates are just hilarious. People don't understand each other and therefore they know each other. You've got to be wrong because you're not saying what I think you ought to say. Uh, just because we've taken something and applied it to this particular word doesn't mean that what we've applied to that word isn't true. It just means that that's not what Jesus meant when he said that word. And we just need to be careful as we're going to be diving into the Gospel of Mark, this record of Jesus' life recorded by Mark this, in, throughout this uh, coming year. We want to understand the words as Jesus meant them and as the people who first read them meant them um, without putting all of our stuff on top of them. We need to understand these words to understand Jesus and uh, what's been said about him. I think we'll get a
clearer picture of who he is, which is really what it's all about, what we're following him. Now, if, if you think that I'm going to really rock your world in the next few weeks, I don't think so, although maybe. Depends on whether you've got any flexibility left in your mind. And after you've been with me for a while, surely you do. So it's going to be okay. We're in Mark chapter 1 this morning. We're going to... We're, Mark starts right out using words that we think we know, and then with a little look at them, we go, well, maybe that's not what... Uh, here we go. Mark chapter 1. Uh, this word we're going to look at this morning, uh, you'll find it, I'm going to probably hear it three different times in the verses I'm going to read. I'm going to read Mark chapter 1, verse 1, which is like the title for the whole book, and then I'm going to read verses 14 and 15, which is... Summary of Jesus' first sermon. Here it goes. Mark chapter 1, verse 1. The title of the book is The Beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Verse 14. Now after John was in prison, Jesus went into Galilee and proclaimed the gospel of God. He said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the gospel. So the question this morning is, what is the gospel? Many of you know, the gospel, the word gospel means good news. Okay, good. That's a good start. So what is the good news? Before you answer, let me give you a little history lesson. The Roman Empire that controlled everything around the Mediterranean and even at this point in time, uh, control my homeland. I, I'm not not ever in Europe. My my I grew. If we've done DNA tests in our family, if it's in the British Isles, it's in me. Irish, Scottish, Welsh, English. Uh, there's even a wee bit, a wee bit of Italian in me. You know where that wee bit of Italian came from? Roman soldiers who were stationed in Britain. Nobody from it. it not, yeah. yeah, that's where that came. There's a wee bit of a, a Viking in me too. And that came from the Vikings who came over there. <laughs> so uh, the Roman Empire was all over that part of the world. The Roman Empire used the word gospel. They have proclaimed the gospel, the good news of Caesar Augustus' birth. Do you remember Caesar Augustus? Augustus was the one who declared that everybody should return to their town for a census. And it recorded in Luke chapter 2. Listen to this um, pronouncement about his birth. It is a day which we may justly count as equivalent to the beginning of everything. Inasmuch as it has restored the shape of everything that was failing and turning into misfortune, 
and has given a new look to the universe at a time when it would gladly have welcomed destruction if Caesar had not been born to be the common blessing of all humanity. Whereas Providence has ordered the most perfect consummation for human life by giving to it Augustus, filling him with virtue for doing the work of a benefactor among, human, among humanity, and by sending in him, as it were, a savior for us, to make war to cease, to create order everywhere, and whereas the birthday of the god Augustus was the beginning for the world of the gospel that has come to humanity through him, let's honor Augustus by re reckoning time for the course of human life starting with his birth. Augustus is born. Proclaim the gospel of Augustus' birth. It's a wonderful news for people in Rome. However, if you lived anywhere stomped on and smashed by the Roman Empire, it probably wasn't all that great a news. People across the Roman Empire would have known about the gospel of Augustus. The conquering Caesar. Uh, for a lot of them, it wasn't good news. He's the guy who just took their money and killed them if they didn't give it up. And then along come these Christians, these Jesus followers, declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Son of God. It might have sounded a little revolutionary to declare that somebody else has been born that's going to make the universe right. I thought that was Augustus's job. What is the good news? What is the gospel? Jesus' people, the Jewish people, who read the ancient prophecies of, of men like Isaiah, translated into Greek, would have thought about passages that he wrote. He, he wrote, like in Isaiah chapter 40, you who bring good tidings or good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain, you who bring good tidings to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout, lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here's your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him. His recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. Or in Isaiah 52, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. The Lord returns to Zion. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Or Isaiah 61. Jesus read this in his own hometown synagogue. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news. The gospel. 
reading with those times. It's a little Greek word, gospel. To preach the gospel to the poor. Send me to bind up the brokenhearted. Proclaim freedom for the captives. Release from darkness for prisoners. Proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The day of vengeance of, of our God. And comfort for those who mourn. The good news or gospel that Isaiah proclaimed said, here's your God. See, he's reigning. He's come. The God that used to, you've read about and heard about and see, has seemed to be so distant for the last 400 years is showing up. He's coming with power. God is acting to save his people from their enemies. Good news. Gospel of God. God is showing up to make things right. And then Jesus shows up and here's his message. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the gospel. Believe the good news. And they're all saying, God's showing up. What is the good news? Because this guy looks like a carpenter, not a mighty warrior. <clears throat> so what is this good news? There's a hint here. The gospel of Jesus is the narrative of the record of his life, death, resurrection, and ascension return to the throne of heaven. The gospel can be condensed into a short sentence. Paul puts it this way in his second letter to Timothy. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, a descendant of David. This is my gospel. That's it. That's the gospel. Jesus, raised from the dead, descendant of David, my gospel. It's also long enough that I can fill four records of his life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And John goes so far as to say at the end of his gospel, there are many other things that Jesus did. If every one of them were written down, I suppose the whole world would not have room for the books to be written. The gospel is what Jesus did what God did through it. The message is the good news that the, God, the one true living God has decisively acted and begun to recreate and renew the world. He's continuing to work in the world by the Holy Spirit through, in and through the church. He started with Jesus and he's continuing to work through Jesus' people. He will again act Again, to fully complete his new creation when Jesus returns, and the gospel is a fulfillment of the, all the ancient hopes and all the prophecies that God gave through his ancient people. Brings a comfort. God is back. And he reigns. What it means when he says the kingdom is here. It's the gospel. What is the good news? The good news is the history of God's actions through Jesus that began with an angel talked to a little 
lady named Mary and said, you're going to have a baby. And she said, whatever you say. Here's a sermon in a sentence. You think it's really complicated, but it really is. Sharing the gospel is simply chatting about Jesus. chatting about Jesus. The gospel is not a list of theological statements. That doesn't mean theological statements aren't important. Take a quick look at your New Testament. Those of you who have Bibles, you can flip them open and you go to the New Testament. There are four gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then there's one book of Acts. Story of the Holy Spirit work that has begun. And then starting with the book of Romans, going clear to through the book of Jude, not quite sure where I'm going to put Revelation yet. But Romans through Jude is all theological explanation of what the gospel was in the story of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The gospels are called gospels. The other books are called epistles. They're letters. They're commentary on the Gospels. They're important. They help us understand how to put into practice all the things that Jesus did and did. Said, the Gospel is Jesus. Jesus is who people need to know. It's all about what he did. It's all that he is doing, and it's all that he is going to do. <coughs> if you're scratching your head and you're not quite sure about this, I have a, I have a homework assignment for you, whether you're online or on site. This week, for the rest of this month, just go through the book of Acts and find every one of the sermons. Starting in Acts chapter 2, that's the very first sermon that's ever preached was preached by Peter. Outline the sermon. I'm going to give you a hint. <coughs> Peter's sermon goes like this. Jesus then, God sent him, did miracles through him, you crucified him. Point two, Jesus now. God raised him from the dead, he's now the king of heaven, and he sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus then, he came, you killed him. Jesus now, God raised him and he's in charge. It's almost like he says, any questions? And they go, yes, what do we need to do? In response to the fact that he's in charge. And they go, well, that's easy, repent and believe. When the gospel takes root in us, when, when, the, when the, the fact of what Jesus has done, when the truth of his coming into this world and his actions in this world takes root in us, the good news goes deep into our hearts and into our minds 
and it begins making a difference in us and in the world. It influences how we think. It influences our decision. It influences how we deal with our relationships. It changes what we think about. It, our worries, our problems become part of the tapestry of what God does and how he works in our lives. And we begin to pray and we put our energies into the things that God is doing with the beauty and what God is doing to flood this world with the beauty of Easter Sunday morning. Jesus, our true king, is the good news for every person everywhere in the world. People don't need to learn theology. They need to meet Jesus. I'm going to repeat that because that's something we need to learn, relearn. People don't need to learn theology. They need to meet Jesus. Sharing the gospel was simply chatting about Jesus. Jesus. Jesus was born. Jesus lived. Jesus was crucified. Jesus was raised. Jesus is living. Jesus is changing me. But I thought I'd never be changed. King Jesus is the true gospel for every person everywhere. My invitation for you, whether regardless of where you may be, you may have grown up in the church and have been in the part of the church for your entire life, whether that's, you know, 20 years, 30 years, 60 years, or 80 years, or more. Or you may be just beginning to ask questions. My invitation to you is this year, join us in finding out more about him. Join us as we examine the good news about his life as we go through the gospel recorded by Mark this year. I'm going to suggest one simple measurable goal. This is not a New Year's resolution. This is a simple, practical, measurable goal. Something you could actually make a little chart and check things off every week. Read or listen to three chapters from the Gospel of Mark every week. There are 16 chapters. If you do three chapters a week, you'll go through the Gospel of Mark multiple times this year. But I'll probably end up memorizing it. Oh, that would be terrible. Knowing the life of Jesus by heart. <coughs> For those of you who do not know, I am prone to sarcasm and irony. <coughs> that was sarcasm. It is not terrible to memorize the life of Jesus. <coughs> it is actually a good thing. If you need access to a copy, if you're wondering how I don't have a copy of the Bible, I don't have a copy of the I don't know how to do that. Uh, you can if you're online, message me through Facebook or uh, you contact me in person. I have solutions. I have some possibilities. We will, we will find a way for you to learn about Jesus through the gospel of Mark this year. You will know the gospel. 
you can know Jesus. Let's pray. King Jesus, our, our prayer is easy to say. It may not be as easy for us to practice. We want to know more about your life and what God did through you. We also want to draw closer to you. Learning facts about your history might be simpler than drawing closer to you. We are open to knowing you personally, even though we may not understand that as well as we would like. We're willing to learn how to live as you lived and to love as you loved in every area of our lives. So we ask you to teach us as we read, we listen, study the record of your life written down by Mark. Help us to know you, Jesus. Well, uh, I'm going to tell you something, then we're going to sing about it, okay? Uh, You're sent, infused by the Holy Spirit, with his other focused love and God's drive to serve. You're sent to change the world. So, go tell it on a mountain. Amen. You may go. Thank you.